help me out this morning. Before we get into it, let me just say thank you to those of you who served last Sunday night at the Micah Tyler concert. The concert and uh, 321 Improv, all, all those guys were just awesome. It was an awesome evening. Place was packed and uh, just great evening. But my takeaway from that evening was so much the fact that Micah Tyler and the improv guys could not get over just how awesome this church is. They got to see, yeah, they got to see what I see all the time, that this is an amazing church and amazing people, and they came in here just expecting a handful of people to help them out, and they were overwhelmed with how many people showed up to help them. Micah even sent me back a message this week just saying how impressive it was and uh, how much he wants to come back and be with us as well. So give it up for those who served last Sunday night and made that night so incredible. It's awesome. Today, uh, we're continuing on in a series we launched last Sunday with a lot of positive feedback. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about being an overcomer. Don't miss any of the weekends if possible. Some of these, I, I believe, are going to be life-changing weekends for many of you. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that if you're like, well, I don't really care about that. You are here on the right day, all right, because we are going to talk about overcoming apathy and uh, how apathy can get a hold of our lives, and I don't care, attitude, you know, just to illustrate this, here's something that bothers me is I can watch something like the latest hurricane in the Bahamas or the other one that was in Puerto Rico that did such horrific damage, and I can see images of people and see their, their life sustenance, their, their house, uh, whatever's left of it floating around by them and think, oh my gosh, that's so awful. That is terrible. That's, that's, that's horrendous. And, and then maybe even tweet something out, you know, like uh, hashtag pray for the Bahamas or whatever. And then go to, hey, what's for dinner? You know? What are we going to do tonight? And just go on with, anybody with me on that? I don't know about you, but it bothers me that I can be that way. It bothers me that sometimes I can go from being seemingly bothered to back to normal existence, and I just think, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I think what it is, is I am a part of an apathetic generation. That, that we can be apathetic to the things around us. There, there can be lack of interest, lack of passion, lack of concern. And, and this is not a new thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus told a story. We'll look at one line of it here in a moment where uh, a guy came to him and said, hey, how do I get into heaven? Jesus said, well, you got to obey the rules and, and all. And I, hey, I'm doing that. It's all good. And um, so then he was like, well, you got to love God with all your heart, you know, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so the guy sought to justify himself, the Bible says. And so he's like, well, who's my neighbor? It's like, you know, let's define that so I can shoot for the bare minimum. 
you know, let, let's just qualify it so that I know the least I have to do in order to be okay. And Jesus went into a story, and he said, well, uh, let, let me tell you a story. There was a guy who was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as he was going along the road, uh, he fell among thieves. Uh, thieves came out, uh, beat the guy, left him for dead, robbed him, took everything he had, and went on their way and left the guy in the ditch. And uh, then uh, Jesus tells us what happened next. Pull that scripture up for me. Here's, here's what happened. There's good news, right? Good news. A priest is coming by. This is so good. So, so good for this guy that a priest just happens to be coming by. Down the same road. And when he saw that, oh, good, he's, he's seen him. He saw him and, hold on, he passed by on the other side. But, good news, there's another guy. And he's a religious person. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. I don't know. Maybe these guys were somewhat like you and I and said, you know, I am so busy today. I have so many meetings to get to. I have so much on my agenda, so much on my plate. I mean, I'm just like one of the busiest people I know. And so how can I take time? And, and besides, this is a busy road. I'm on the road. I'm sure there, I think there's other people here. Somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to take care of this guy. It doesn't have to be me to step into this. I don't have to be the hero. I, I'm going to let somebody else be the hero. And make all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons why I shouldn't reach out to this guy, but Jesus said, then a guy who you wouldn't even think would stop, stops and gets involved and does what he needs to do. And so this man who sought to justify himself and sought to say, who's my neighbor? Jesus points out anybody lying there is really what he's saying. And any need you see it's worth the effort. The risk is, is not too much. There's something you can do, and you don't have to pass by on the other side. But see, here's what happens is we are part of the me generation, right? Because we are very me-focused. As a matter of fact, we have a new word that came into our vocabulary in recent years called the selfie. Because we now, I mean, I, as a kid, I would have never thought about, oh, let me hold the camera out here and take a picture of myself. We've never done that. But now, we do it all the time. And, and so we are very self-focused. And so why can't we care like Jesus calls us to care? Why, why can't we do that? I, I think one of the reasons is, is information overload. 
We just have so much information at our fingertips. We have so much that, that we can take in. The, the volume of information is just overwhelming, and we can feel overwhelmed already. We've got our own stuff going on, and then we're like, oh my gosh, and then there's this hurricane that, that destroys the Bahamas and messes up people. Oh, wow, that's, that's big. And oh my goodness, somebody's cat fell in a hole, and uh, you know, so, there's a car bombing that happened somewhere, I forget where it was, but, uh, and, and then there was this uh, person hurting, and so they've set up a GoFundMe, oh, it would be great if people would give toward that, and, and, all, and look, somebody uh, has seen the face of Mary in their French toast, wow, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much going on, so much going on, and, and so there's like too much going on for me to care. Are you with me? There's like so much going on. I I just feel like, wow, there's just like too much for me to get involved. And and then part of the problem is because of that, there's an overwhelmed feeling. You ever feel that way? Where it's like, and, and so what can I do? In light of everything that's going on, I, I just feel helpless to make a change. Anybody ever feel that way? I feel that way a lot. Where it's just like the needs of this world are so great. They're so heavy that what can I, one person, possibly do to make a difference? And some of us, you know, we're just kind of like, you know, I, I want to do something But right now, I need to pass chemistry. You know, I want to make a difference, but right now, I need to train, potty train this two-year-old that is about to drive me nuts. So I know they know what they're doing. Some of you are there. (laughs) It's the people that are not laughing as loud. Uh, So... So here's the thing is, is we get caught up in all that, that we have and we think, oh my gosh, I don't have more to give. I, I just don't have what it takes to really make a difference in the world. And then here's, here's another thing is, is we are blessed and cursed with comfort, right? Because we are the most blessed people on the planet. Right, we're, we're the most blessed people on the planet, and, and and we can just take our phone and order a pizza on our pizza app, and while we're doing that, just slide over and start shopping for our favorite new uh, gizmo on Amazon, and have it delivered tomorrow, hopefully. And uh, then we can also, you know, binge watch some new shows on Netflix, and all the while complain because it's buffering. Are you serious? Can we, not, can we not get good Wi-Fi in this house? What is up with that? The things I have to put up with in life. It's pretty amazing. And, and here's the thing. We're not bad people. We, we have good intentions, right? Everybody, it seems like, has good intentions, but the thing is, is it's got to move from good intentions to action. 
to good action. We, we, we've got to get involved and, and do something. So how, how do we get to that place? How do we move from just good feelings and, and all? How, how do we move from just being complacent? Because, you know, when you were needing forgiveness, when you were needing help, when you couldn't take care of your own sin problem and you couldn't live pure enough, you couldn't even live up to your own standards, let alone a holy God's standard. Here's what God did. God did not just get warm, fuzzy feelings up in heaven for you. That's not what he did. No, he got up and he came down here when you couldn't get up to him he came down here for you and he became one of us so that we could become like him even though we don't deserve it and we don't have the power on our own to pull it off that's what he did for us right it's what he did for us so so how do we just get in in there to where we can make a difference in the world. And let me tell you something here. Here's just be cautioned. Sometimes God uses lack to help us to get where we need to be. See, when we get all we want, then sometimes we're, we're all the more complacent. Let me just share this. Some of you are maybe this way. You're here today because you're hoping God's going to answer a prayer this week. So it's like, well, hey, if I show up for you, you can show up for me, right, God? Or, or you know, hey, uh, God, you know, uh, I got this diagnosis, and so I'm going to start reading the Bible more. You didn't have time for the Bible before, but all of a sudden you got a diagnosis, and you got time to read the Bible. Or, or some other tragedy or situation hits you, all of a sudden you have time for prayer. You're praying all the time. You weren't praying before. Am I right? It got quiet. That's how I know I probably hit a nerve, all right? So, so listen, here's, here's how we do this. Here's how we overcome apathy. If you're taking notes, write a few things down. Here's the first one is we've got to get holy discontent. Get holy discontent. I heard that said one time where, where it's this holy discontentment where, where you, you've got to do something. You, you can't just not do anything. And so what you've got to do is expose yourself to things that will make you feel uncomfortable. In other words, you get around people who maybe make your, Christian, your version of Christianity feel a little uncomfortable. Or maybe you go serve at a, at a, you know, a kitchen, a food kitchen for, for poor people, and that makes you feel uncomfortable, but in a good way. Or you go over across the street when we had that serve day, and you're like, oh, Jesus, serve day. And of all things, it's on a Saturday. That's my day off, you know. Craig wants everybody to go, so, you know, I feel bad if I don't, and I go over there. And I'm going to serve all these rugrats. Who, you know, I don't even I don't even have a kid over there at that school, you know? But but I'll go ahead and do that anyway. But then you walk away glad you came, right? Because you made a difference. And and so I'm talking about those kinds of situations. Some some of us, that's the way it happens with a missions trip. Right? When when you go on a missions trip, I just got back from India. 
uh, here recently, and, and while I was over there, I took a picture uh, of some of the girls that have been rescued from human trafficking, and uh, these are girls that were three, four, three, four, five years old and would have been in human trafficking, but Project Rescue that I w- was working with over there uh, came and rescued them from that life, pulled them out. And so these girls who are sharing their testimony with me about, you know, and I'm 15, or I'm 16, or I'm 17, I've been here since I was four or five or whatever, and you think, oh my gosh, living, you know, here in this place and whatever, but it's like heaven on earth because they haven't been involved in the human trafficking that they would have been involved in. Their life has been spared. They now have hope and a future. Some of them said, I want to be a politician and change India. Go girl, right? I want to be a doctor, and, and help make a difference. I want to be a, a preacher. I, w- I want to be some kind of religious leader. I want to be a teacher in the schools and help change India from the kids on up. I mean, I, when I heard these dreams and these visions, hope and a future for, of these kids, it was amazing. It's all possible because somebody decided somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to make a difference. And so here's what we're going to do. I'll just give you a heads up. This this December, we're going to receive a Christmas offering. And a chunk of it, the biggest chunk we've ever given to missions at one time, we're giving. We're giving it this December. All right, church? We're giving. And we're giving it to India. And we're going to rescue more girls. And we're going to help build a new school for them and rescue even more of them from the future they would have had, but God intervened. And so we're, we're going to see that happen. I'll talk more about it as we get closer, but you just get ready, because I'm telling you, if you went with me, you just throw your wallet on the stage, all right? You just say, well, here's my visa, just whatever, because uh, of feeling what you feel when you, but here's the thing. You come back from those, and within two or three weeks, you're like, my TV is so small. What is that, 55 inches or something? Don't they make 85 now or something like that? And I think it's only 3K or something, you know? And I think they make bigger than that and better and all, and I should just order one and have it here tomorrow. Isn't it crazy? How it can happen. And so here's what you need to do. You need to get holy discontent. You need to get a fiercely righteous passion. And Paul talks about this in Romans. Here's what he says. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. Look at this. My heart is filled. What? Filled with good things, Paul? Mm, Not exactly. My heart's filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed and cut off from Christ if that would say, Paul says, I would do whatever. I'd give whatever. I'd do whatever. I'd go wherever to help free these people from what they are in bondage to. Paul says it's absolutely impossible to do nothing. 
You, you just can't sit back and do nothing. You, you need to be willing to give everything. In the Old Testament, there's a guy I love. His name's Jeremiah. And he's the, here's the thing he's noted by. His hashtag is like weeping prophet. Because he just would cry. And he'd cry over his people, Israel, and all that they were doing. And he knew God's heart was broken. And so he'd just cry some more. And, and in the midst of it, he says, you know, I, I thought about not getting involved. I thought about, you know, just let somebody else fix that. Or I thought about, you know, who can really make a difference anyway? Who am I that I could think I could make a difference? But Jeremiah says, but I couldn't stay in my lazy boy. I couldn't stay in my pew. I couldn't stay seated. It was like his word was like a fire shut up within my bones that I cannot keep silent. I have got to do something. I cannot do nothing. Just can't do it. It's not an option. And so here's the next thing if you're taking notes. You got to focus on something. You, know, you got to get this holy uh, discontentment, but then you got to focus it on something. And many things will catch your attention, but few things will capture your heart. And Moses was one of these people where he was like, you know, somebody's got to do something about these Egyptians. And one day he just took matters into his hands and killed one of them. And then he went on the run because that was the wrong thing to do at the wrong time. See, sometimes you, you do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Anybody guilty of ever doing that? And, and so he got the timing wrong and the method wrong and everything. But God told him, hey, we're going to take care of the Egyptians, but I'm going to do it. And when I do it, it won't be one. It, it'll be a, in a way that I'll receive all glory, honor, and praise by how I do it. And so he did this incredible thing, and, and he used Moses' life. And I don't know what fires you up. It's probably not Egyptians, but, but what is it that fires you up? Let me just state a few. How about the unborn speaking up for people who can't speak for themselves? Or maybe racial injustice. Maybe it's human trafficking. Maybe it's clean water for people who don't have that ability. Maybe it's cancer research. Perhaps it's fostering and adoption. Maybe it's student ministry and reaching the next generation. Maybe it's overseas missions. Perhaps it's discipleship and life groups. Maybe it's mental illness that plagues our nation. Perhaps it's freedom from porn or alcohol or drug addiction in other people's lives. But here's the thing. Instead of making a little difference in a lot of areas, why don't you make a big difference in one? See, why don't you just focus your life and just join other people doing it? I was talking to somebody after first service about how that's how mothers uh, of, uh, against drunk driving got started. A mother lost her child to a drunk driver and said, this can't keep happening. 
And I'm not just going to sit here in depression the rest of my life. I'm not just going to sit here and bemoan what happened to me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to make a difference. And thank God she did. I was hearing a preacher this week talk about people who live on the edge of yikes. You know? People who, who dare to live on the edge with God. And I, I think God likes that. And, and so maybe if you're not a person who lives on the edge of yikes, then you could get around some people who live on the edge of yikes and let it rub off on you. I may know that passion can rub off, right? When you get around other people who are excited about something, you, you just figure out, I think I'm going to have to get excited about this because they're just not going to let it go. And Jesus was so focused when he existed, he says, I have come that these people might have life and have it to the full, but they don't want to hear you. It doesn't matter. I've come to seek and to save the lost, but the crowd that should be receiving you is rejecting you. That's okay, because I didn't come for them. I came for the sick. I came for those who need me. I came for those who will receive me. And John said, to as many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. And, and so Jesus just poured out everything in a direction. And, and here's what we've got to do. We, you, you've got to find what that is. We're, we're going to start a new class after the first of the year where, where we're going to help you with that. But in the meantime, you can just kind of figure out things on your own somewhat. What stirs you? You know, and, and we know this sometimes in the natural, because sometimes you go into a line of business or whatever. I know for Rochelle, my wife, uh, a few years ago, uh, she had the opportunity to start her own travel agency. And I said, you ought to do that, because you love planning our trips, you love it. You just sit there at the computer all day if it needs to be to figure out the cheapest way, the mo most way to maximize dollars, the best way to you know, do this thing and stay one more day. <laughs> just be able to squeak out one more day of vacation. You, you know how to do that. And so if you know how to do that and you love doing that for us, you'd love doing it for other people. And you know what? She's, that's what she's done for a number of years is be a travel agent out of our home and, and, and do that. And, and it's gratifying. She's got a couple. They're getting ready to go to Disney for the first time. They've been talking about it for two years. Didn't think they could afford it, whatever. She talked to them and everything, planned stuff and helped them save and whatever to get ready to go and make that trip. It'll be a lifetime kind of trip. And so that's exciting. That's one thing. And then she does a health coaching thing that she's gotten into recently. But besides all that, when we started this church, she started on the worship team and uh, had this great voice and everything and sang and helped me to lead because I was the leader. She knew if he's going to be the leader, he's going to need all the help he can get in worship <laughs> leading. And so she helped me to do that. Well, then there came a time where I wasn't leading anymore, and we actually needed help in the kids' ministry a lot. We, we could use some good people back there. And so she left the worship ministry to go and sit in a circle every week and listen to kids' uh, prayer requests for their goldfish and their whatevers and different things and whatever, and, and all to pour out Jesus to them and, and to pray 
over them and uh, to inspire them to want to be back next week and, and all of that. But then there came a time where, thank God, uh, other people started coming into kids' ministry and the team grew and everything. And by the way, don't think we don't still need help because we keep reaching kids, okay? Yeah, that's a good thing. There's like more kids here now than there were a year ago. So if you, yeah, that's a good thing. And so we, we can always use more help. But anyway, she pulled up here and, and started on the worship team and singing. And people talk about her and I'll embarrass her. But, but they say, oh, she, you got the voice of an angel, you know, and which I think she does. And, and so, uh, and I say that not just because I'm trying to score points today, but also <laughs> because it's true. But uh, she has a passion for that as well. And I'm telling you, you have a passion. You have a place. There's something that, and, and there will be another voice inside your head when I'm talking today that will say, yeah, it's not possible. You, you just pass by on the other side of the road. Somebody else will go down in that ditch and help that guy. Somebody else will help him. There's a religious person that'll do that. And apathy finds an excuse, but passion finds a way. Passion finds a way. Jesus said, I'm telling you, I have come that these people might have life and have it to the full, and I'm not leaving here until they be, get a hold of it, until they get, get it in their lives. And, and God used Abraham, and he says, hey, your vision's got to get bigger. Quit, you know, just mealy-mouthing around. You've got to look up at the stars, start counting the stars, because I'm going to do something big, Abraham. I'm a, as a matter of fact, he wasn't even Abraham then. He was Abram. And, and he says, you look up at the stars. Count them. I don't know how, ma- how long God waited. You know, if it's like 302, 303, 304. Three. Did I count that one already? Uh, 305. You know, and finally God, okay, you get the point, Abram? Your seed, your offspring will be bigger than that what you can see and what you can count. And he's like, uh, I'm old. I'm like uh, beyond uh, old. And my wife, you know, how's this going to happen? But God is able, how many know, can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I told the first service, I said, you know, Ephesians talks about this. It says that he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And then here's the thing. Now, for the rest of that verse, I used to hear the first part of the verse a lot in church when I was a kid growing up and people would pray. And here's how they pray. Oh, God, we know that you are able to do far exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And you can do this. And it was a long time before I knew there was more to that verse. Because <laughs> they were only quoting the first part. Now, if you read the whole part, which I would encourage you to do, read the whole Bible, all right? Just go ahead and read the whole verse. But if you read the whole verse, here's how he does far exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He does it according to the power that works in us, right? 
That's how he does miracles. That's how he performs healings. That's how he raises the dead. That's how he causes blind eyes to see. That's how he feeds people who have no, no food. That's how he clothes people who have no clothes. He uses you and I to perform these things. So you need to see yourself as someone who's able to do far exceeding abundantly because somewhere else Paul says, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, how many know that's some power, that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells in you. And so Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it is, where he says, when I came to you, I didn't come in my own power. I didn't come in my own wisdom. I didn't come in my own ability. I came to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when I get up here week after week, and if something that I say somehow, some way touches your life, and there are people who are saved, who are born again, as we see in this church, then it doesn't happen because Craig's up here. It happens because of the Spirit of God that's inside of me, that's working in me to do far exceeding beyond what I could do. And, and that same Spirit, hang on, get ready. Yeah, that same Spirit's the same Spirit that enables you to go back into kids' ministry and sit in that circle with those kids and enable them to see Jesus in you so much so that they say, I want to be like them in my life. I want to be like that person. I love them. I love Jesus. That person that serves on Sunday nights with the student ministry that comes out and sits around with teenagers as a small group leader and says, I know you're struggling with junk and crap and whatever and all that stuff, and I did it too. And 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 the only thing that brought me out was God's power, God's strength in my life. And what he did for me, he can do for you. As a matter of fact, he can spare you from it in your life. One more. Some of you, you, you could go beyond sitting in a life group and say, you know what? I've been sitting here long enough. How many, how many months, how many years have I known Jesus? It's high time that I quit being a life group participant. It's time that I become a life group leader. And there'll be a voice that says, no, sit back, stay in that seat. Don't you volunteer. Don't you go there because you're not enough. Let me tell you something. I'm not enough. He's right. You're not enough. But he that's in me is enough. And he will be enough. So the people in that group say, my God, Jesus is in this house. He's in this living room because my life group leader isn't that good. It gives him even more glory when you feel like you're not enough. Somebody shout if you believe that today. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got what it takes. You've got got what it takes. Because it takes the spirit of the Lord. Here's the last thing to write down is embrace what hurts. You've got to embrace what hurts. You don't run from it. 
Paul says, my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. Paul says, it's heavy. It's heavy. I can't just go on. I can't just be like other people. Because I got this in me. I've got this sensation. I've got this sense that somebody ought to do something and that somebody might as well be me. And so I've got to do something. I've got, you know, it's a lie that says it's easier not to care. Oh, don't, don't, don't get all involved. Let me tell you something, that's not easier. It's easier to hurt with purpose than it is to exist without a purpose. And, and so we're blessed, but may God bless us with a burden. It's often, you know, our, our pain, our discomfort that helps us. Moses, he was so frustrated by the Egyptians, and God says, I'm going to use that, and you're going to stand, and you're going to face down Pharaoh, and you're going to say to him, let my people go. To Jeremiah, he says, you're not just going to cry, Jeremiah. You're not going to just sit there and weep and, and carry on and, and be broken in that way. That's awesome. I love the emotion you're feeling, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to get up one day and you're going to say, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope, Israel, and, not, and a future. And if you'll seek him, you will find him if you'll seek him with all your heart. So get busy seeking him right now and God's going to show up in his power and in his glory. Paul one day he says just one thing I do let me simplify this as we wrap this up today. Just one thing I do now I love how Paul says well two things in the step. He says one thing I do he says one thing I do I, I, I forget what's behind yeah some of us have a lot behind I'm not talking about you need to do CrossFit all right I'm not talking about that behind that's a totally different topic for another day but I'm talking about some of us have some past and some of us have some things that the enemy uses and says, see, that's why you can't do it. That's why you're not qualified. That's why you'll never measure up. That's why you need to just sit there in that seat because Craig's not preaching to you today. He's preaching to other people who can be used by God, who do have their act together, and you don't have your act together enough. And I'm telling you, Paul said, I got some of that stuff, and here's what I do. I just forget it. And he says, and the other thing I do, I just strain forward. I just forget what's behind, and I strain forward. And here's what I believe God wants some of us to do today, is forget the past and strain forward. Forget the past and strain forward. 
Forget the past and strain forward. Forget the past. Forget all those mistakes. Forget all that sin. Forget all that junk. Forget everything that you think disqualifies you. Just forget all that and strain forward to all God has for you. If God only used perfect people, he wouldn't use anyone. So today, I want to just wind this up with a prayer. And I want to pray this prayer over you. That's a Franciscan blessing, all right? You ready for this? May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers and half-truths and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. I pray that over you today. You see, see the need is too obvious. They're, they're, they're just laying there. The need is too obvious, and my call is too great, and my Savior is too wonderful to do nothing, right? You feel that way? The the need is too obvious, my call is too great, and my Savior is too wonderful to do nothing. Father in heaven, I pray that you'll help us today. Maybe some of us, we just need to come out of our shell. We need to get free of the bondage that's in our lives. Maybe you're here this morning and you join me and say, Craig, I I don't want to be like that. I'm I'm just like what you said. There's times where I get stirred and then I go back to comfortable. But today, I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to just be a person of good intentions. I want to be a person of good results. I want to see God use my life. And it's not a problem of power because God has all the power that's needed for me to make a difference. So I want to just tell him today, if you can use anything, please use me to make a difference. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand right now? Just loud and proud all over this place. Just say yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. God, we say yes to whatever it is.